You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors, and I call out to mine. I call out to all of those people who lived well, who died well, and who bring all that is good and true and beautiful into our lives through that legacy of the descendants. I call out to these ancestors to ask them to help us to rise to the challenges of our time to innovate where innovation is necessary, to change deeply and profoundly where change is called for, and yet at the same time to draw through those true lines, those song lines, those deep, deep lines of um, consistency, of practice, of devotion, of how it is that human beings stay in good relationship with all of life. So I call out to these ancestral helping spirits, these humans who met the challenges of their own time, and ask them to be with us in our time and help us to be the living who truly rise to the challenges of our own time, to allow the tensions and the effort of our time to bring out of us that which we did not even know existed in there in our hearts and minds and to bring these energies out into the world to manifest new ways of being together that are in support of individuals their diversity and all of life so i call out to these ancestors to be with us here today to help us to do what must be done for those who are coming And I like to reach through these human ancestors all the way through to those ancestors of life that were here long before anyone ever dreamt up a human. And I call out to those ancestors, those non-human ancestors, to be with us here today as well, to help us to deeply remember our true nature and to allow our true nature to guide us as we understand what is our unique purpose here in this life and to bring that purpose into full manifestation. So I call out to these non-human ancestors in nature all around us, and I ask you to be with us, to stay close, to stay strong, and to help us to be inspired, um, to really be that which humans are meant to be in the huge and wondrous web of life. And as all these ancestors begin to gather around, drawing around us more help than we could possibly figure out how to use in one day, as they come in and they gather around us, let us gather ourselves. Let us take responsibility to call ourselves back from wherever we might be into our heads, draw ourselves from our heads to our hearts, from our hearts down to our bellies, and from our bellies, let us reach down and touch the earth. And take a moment in this day to stop, to breathe, to connect to the earth, and to give thanks for this day. Thanks for the wonder, for the beauty, for the great diversity, for all that has happened in your life that has brought you to this moment, all that has made you the person that you are in this moment. 
and for all that is still to be we call out in gratitude to all of these aspects of our journey here on earth and we give gratitude to the miracle of life itself in wonder and awe let us take a moment and not take anything for granted we are not entitled to anything and to let our hearts sink into the deep and profound gratitude that we have for life and with that gratitude flowing from our heart let us move our energy down through all the layers of the earth moving down and down and down into the very center of the earth and take a moment there in darkness and stillness and silence in that energy that is before that is before abundance that is before beauty that is before the great diversity of things here on the surface let us focus in on that which is before that which nourishes and sustains and restores and rejuvenates let us tune into that energy and reach into it drawing it up and into our lives drawing this energy into ourselves just as we would draw in fresh water on a heart hot parched day as we draw this energy of the earth up and in let it renew and restore ourselves to refresh and replenish and let it begin to inspire those things within you that need to move out into the world, into the abundance that you bring. And so as we draw this earth energy up, let us use this energy to help us to understand how to be grounded in our body and to ground our body on the earth. And in this way to know who we are, to know what we stand for, to know where we stand in life and build our sense of home and family around that. Let us not be locked to places, times, people, to countries, but to understand this energy deeply in its spiritual sense, that our belonging is our connection to our ancestors and our relationship with the descendants. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand this great cycling of life and to belong to it. To create our sense of home in a way that is open to the other, to invite the other in, that we might be provoked and inspired by that which is foreign to us, to become the men and women we're truly born to be. And as we call this earth energy in and open to all that is here on earth in a good way, let us learn how to be in right relationship with each other. Let us learn how to be in relationship with all the aspects of ourself be in right relationship with our environment, right relationship with the invisible world. And may we reach out into that invisible world and connect to the oneness of all things. And let us take that sense of right relationship from this profound connection. And may you be blessed in this day by a moment of knowing your relationship with that great fabric of life. And as we learn about connection and relationship and groundedness from the earth, let us draw the earth energy up through our body, up and out the top of our head, out into the day, into the sky above your head and whatever weather it holds for you, up and out through the atmosphere, all the way out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you know this energy however it is that you conceive of it to reach all the way up to it in your mind's eye with your energy reaching up and connecting knowing yourself in the divine and the divine in you and to call this energy down into yourself into your day into these proceedings and in this way we call in the energy of blessing into our life we call in the energy of protection, these fundamental energies that are the essence of this energy, this radiant energy from above. And we call in blessing and protection. 
we call into our lives commitment and devotion. We call in these energies that can illuminate and inspire. We draw these energies in to our minds, our hearts, and our bellies and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we open and connect heaven and earth right here in the center of who we are as humans. We provide this place for these two great lovers to come together in the oneness and the wholeness of who they are and in that powerful big love and that energy, let it awaken the spirit of our own hearts and let that human heart be inspired to wake up to this day and to be alive. And we call out to that crucible of transformation that lives in the human heart to light its fire and to begin to transform ourselves and our day. We call out to this energy as we call up the fiery passions of our belly and draw down the crystal clarity of our minds. And we call these energies in and let them dance and merge and carry on here in the heart in such a way that they give birth to the third and most sacred thing each one of us carries, which is some sense, some understanding, some inkling, some memory, some feeling of why we are here. And may you find in that human heart, that very same heart, the courage that you need to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all the spirit help all around us, I am deeply grateful. And what needs to be said, be said here today, and what needs to be heard, be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I want to give special thanks to all of you who are donating to the show. Our thanks to Dustin and Michelle, to Jason, Renee, Gina, Jose, Esteban, Camilla, Esther, Chris, and Kimet, and all the, all of you who have found a way to donate to the show. Um, even after all of these years on the show, each year we we basically bring in about the same amount of donations and those donations just cover what it costs to keep producing new shows, to keep the shows in the archives, to keep them available um, to people all over the world. So I am grateful to those of you who are able to find a way to donate financially um, so that everyone who accesses the shows are able to get that free access to them. And I am grateful to those of you that bring the teachings into your life and bring them into your journey circles to share them with others, to work with them, to wrestle with them, to try to break them, to come up with great questions and good ideas for the shows. I'm grateful for this way of strengthening the show as well. And I'm grateful for those of you that share and understand the interconnections in our life and through um, the internet and to help the show to grow in that way. Um, we are, are entering into our eighth year. For those of you that don't know, there are over 350 hours of podcasts in the archives at whyshamanismnow.com. You can go there to access the archives. You can go there to search for shows. And you can go there to click on the support button and donate any amount, large or small, in any currency. We're happy for whatever it is that you are free to offer. And all of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And for this support, I am deeply grateful. We are live today, so if you have questions about today's show topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938, um, or you can go to the, um, the Skype connection from the co-creatornetwork.com site and Skype in, 
or you can simply email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And there's lots going on in March in terms of classes and other opportunities, both in person and online. And you can find those at lastmaskcenter.org. So we are finishing this series today, uh, finishing today the series that's been going on for a number of weeks here about this idea that I've been trying to communicate about that I call the wisdom bodies. And um, what I value deeply, one of the many things I value deeply about shamanic skills is um, they are unique in the fact that they allow us to engage the wisdom body simultaneously. Most skills, and these are skills I include in my own little bag of tricks, so I'm not, I'm not diminishing the value of these skills, but most skills function well in a particular wisdom body. Um, psychological skills work best in our understanding of the mind and our working with the mind and our getting to a place where the mind isn't working us, but we are, we are using it as our own tool. Um, the clearing practice that I teach um, mainly is working with your emotional wisdom body. And so skills primarily are strong in that they're accessing the wisdom and logic of a particular wisdom body and that's what makes them work. What I like about shamanic skills and working in altered states is that we are often able to access multiple wisdom bodies in a reliable and good way. And this is one of the, I think, one of the profound teachings that's come to me through the cycle teachings that um, we teach here at Last Mass Center. So they allow us... Uh, shamanic skills allow us to cultivate multiple levels of relationship um, and so we can be aware of multiple levels of relationship as we engage with the different aspects of ourself as we engage with the world around us as we're engaging with um, elements of the invisible world and um, this is largely because they allow us to work skills in non-ordinary reality ways um, as well as ordinary reality ways. And so this allows us to integrate intelligence and intimacy and to not see these things in opposition or as some sort of antagonistic dualism. They allow us to integrate vision and practicality. Um, in, in, in other words, by being able to access uh, multiple wisdom bodies, we are able to access the complementary dualism inherent in the wisdom bodies as a whole, whole, whole human, versus um, developing strengths in one arena and setting up this kind of antagonistic dualism with other arenas of being a human. Um, and the important thing of this is that it's very important for humanity at this time, and because of its impact on all of life, to stop acting like everything is an antagonistic, dualistic situation, but to begin to be the kind of person who can act as an integrated whole human being and understands uh, when they are in excess, in an excessive state or a deficient state, and how to reach uh, into a different wisdom body to bring in the kind of complementary dualism that helps us to come back into balance. In, in other words, what I'm saying, to say it more directly, is often the excesses of the mind cannot be solved in the mind. 
so often the excesses that can come to us from developing only the mental wisdom body can't actually be solved by just more meditation. That it requires often the the excess or the deficiency, for example, our culture in America here tends to be profoundly deficient in terms of healthy emotions, a true connection to the heart. It's somewhat excessive in reactive um, emotional experiences that then utterly shut down the capacity of the mind to have a rational thought. So this is all the, again, an example of the wisdom bodies in, um, antagonistic dualistic relationships and of course nothing brings this out in Americans more than our political process but I will not digress there today because it's just too sad (laughs) so I'm going to stay on track here so the important thing is so why have I dedicated so many shows to this idea of the wisdom bodies and yes I realize that most of your teachers don't talk about this I get it I know but to me it seems incredibly important and it's a really powerful way to understand not only humans and not only healing in humans, but how do we become the kind of humans that are actually going to start behaving in a different way, start making different quality choices, not just this choice or that choice trapped in that same dualistic dynamic, but a whole different quality of choice. How do we become those people? And to me, for me, to understand how I might do that, the wisdom bodies, understanding the wisdom bodies is becoming a more and more powerful part of how I can understand the complex situations that we are all in, in our contemporary life. So, okay, so we've Just to recap, if this is the first show you're listening to, this is the sixth show in a series. The first show introduced the idea of wisdom bodies and talked about how to understand that in our contemporary lives and our shamanic lives. Then the next four shows that followed were um, in part a repeat of older shows from many years ago, from seven years ago. Um, But with that, um, new content around thinking about that old information from the perspective of the different wisdom bodies they were really talking about. I mean, eight years ago, I didn't have the courage to talk about something like a wisdom body on the podcast because nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. Why would they listen to me? It made me sound like a nut. Well, now I don't care if I sound like a nut. (laughs) But, um, But more to the point, there's a lot of listeners that have taken things they have learned from the podcast and changed their lives. So there's a, you know, there's a track, I've got a track record with you all. So I can say these things in the way that I really more deeply understand them. Okay, so here we are. We've got um, one show about each of the wisdom bodies with that new content that was added. And then this show, which um, I'm going to try to kind of wrap this up, but also talk about some case studies of where I've seen people really presenting um, either some sort of excess in a wisdom body that is really keeping them from their transformational process, their the life they want, or people that have really used the strength of a wisdom body to do profound transformation. So we can see how it works, how it helps us, and how it gets in our way. Um, and I'm sharing this in, in, in part because I want people to understand what makes the cycle of transformation teachings different than other shamanic trainings, which is 
that's a long list and those are other shows and there are many in the archives. But this is one of the main things is gaining access to the healing that you need and the, and the skills to work in each of your four wisdom bodies very intentionally as we move through the four years. So that's one thing. And the cycle's starting again in June. And so part of this is about encouraging those of you that want to participate in that to do that. But the other piece of this is actually my own growing frustration um, in what I'm seeing in my practice. And my frustration is not with my clients, but it is the ever-growing frustration I have with my culture. And so we, as the culture, because I am not apart from that culture, it's not the other over there, I am part of this culture. And I mean basically the Western world. Anywhere in the world where we are prescribing pharmaceuticals, that's the Western world. So anywhere in the Western world, anywhere where we have accepted um, what we consider these sort of first, uh, I don't know, first world, developed world, civilized world. I mean, I don't even believe in these words from a shamanic perspective, but basically this Western academic, mental, pharmaceutical, military complex. I think I left somebody out there, but you get who I'm talking about. It's us, right? So here we are. What I'm seeing culturally because I'm seeing now more through the lens of the wisdom bodies is I'm seeing more clearly how we are culturally creating illness. We're creating, not, and I don't mean some great conspiracy. That's again, another conversation. I mean, unintentionally through our blindness and our um, bias that the only wisdom body that is wise is the mind, which is very uh, embedded in contemporary western culture that through that lens i mean this is the same type of thinking that was trying to get being introverted to become a diagnosis in the bible of mental illness like being an introvert is not a mental illness but it almost got called one and and it's coming from this 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 driving force that is out of balance that is, that is out of balance because it, it exalts only the mental wisdom body and considers the wisdom that comes out of the other three wisdom bodies, spiritual, emotional, and physical, dubious at best, if not a disease. And that, that is a profound problem because that in and of itself is diseased thinking. But anyway, my point, my point is people, humans, humans are born with um, different skill sets. I mean, this is not rocket science. I mean, people are born with different gifts, different strengths, different capacities. Some people are given great mental gifts. They have beautiful minds. And yes, that mental gift should be developed and used for the good of life. Absolutely. And equally true some people are born with big beautiful emotional gifts those gifts should also be considered valid and valuable therefore they should be trained so people can understand a healthy emotional expression and how to maintain how how do i if i'm someone who's born with a great emotional gift how do i engage with the world what what 
training do I need? What skills and practices do I need to really bring this gift to bear in the world in a good way? And it's the same thing that we do with people studying mentally. I mean, so to continue, similarly, people are born with great physical gifts. Now, granted, because we, this Western world is still into gladiator sports, which are just pseudo war sports, right? We, we exalt a certain part of the physical body and the physical world of those who are, have direct physical prowess that pays off in sports. We certainly do value and support that and throw training that way. Um, but, for example, in the small town in Oregon that I grew up in, you could not get the school budget passed unless you attached the athletic budget to it. In other words, people wouldn't vote for education unless you blackmailed them into doing it by holding the sports budget at bay. So, again, and, and even further, there is this sense then of um, – this division between the wisdom of the mind and the spirit body and the wisdom that comes to us through spiritual teachings. Now, there are many, many reasons for all of this, right? And that's fine. The point is going forward, let's stop pro- propagating it and start recognizing the wisdom bodies um, and the need to not pathologize the the nascent um, – Awakening of people's skills, awakening in their spirit body or their emotional body or their physical body because another aspect of the physical body is understanding how to be here energetically in a good way. So in other words, we've only valued the part of the physical wisdom body that entertains the mind through gladiator sports, right? you know, football, baseball, you know, all these different sporting events. And yet these people who we value because of their physical prowess, we've not taught them how to be healthy in their energy body as well. And so in certain sports, we also have a high presentation of violence, of of beating their loved ones. Um, that doesn't mean other people don't beat their loved ones. But my point is, we are we are lifting up one very small aspect of the wisdom of the physical body and not the full wisdom of the physical body, not just physical prowess, but the actual wisdom of the physical body, which is how to live well, how to be healthy in the world, how to cut awake through life that leaves those people behind you better than you found them, not worse. That's part of the wisdom of the physical body, right? It's how to be here in the world in a good way, right? And so this is, this is what I'm talking about is that by pathologizing the nascent awakenings of the different wisdom bodies, especially those who have a, um, an ability to tune in spiritually ability to tune in emotionally by pathologizing that because it confounds the mind right we're making people think they're ill when they're not they're just different and 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 then we're not training those nascent beginnings and that's a problem because it's the same thing with the mind if you let a mind get run off in whatever path it wants to run off into that's fine unless it gets a wrong idea 
like um, it's okay to kill things. And then the mind can just run off and rationalize anything because the mind is capable of rationalizing anything, absolutely anything, right? That's why it can't be allowed to run around on its own, on its own entirely. So again, my point is what's frustrating me is I'm starting to see clients and I listen to their story. There's actually nothing wrong with them, or at least there was nothing wrong with them. They got pathologized. They got medicated. The medicine started creating other issues. They got off their medications. It's created other issues. And they've gone through life without being given any training, any skills, any valuing or validation or affirmation of these other robust skills that they have that move them powerfully in their life. They don't know how, they don't know what to make of it. They don't know what context to put it in. And, and mostly the context they've been given to put it in is, is dual, antagonistic dualism. Either you're wrong and you're bad and you're ill or you're the savior. And that's th- this idea that either everybody who's mentally ill is really spo- a shaman. It's like, well, it's not that simple, people. It's not that complicated either if we would just recognize every single human being is composed of these four wisdom bodies. So every single human being needs to be given the basic skills for good mental health, using your mind in a good way, good emotional health, using your heart in a good way, good physical health, using your body in a good way, and good spiritual health, using the soul that is inhabiting your body here on this earth in a good way. That's really what shamanism is about from my perspective, my humble perspective, is that that is shamanism, is how do we live as these holistic people in a good way in our time on this planet? And that to look at shamanism as just the healing forms, the shamanic healing forms, they're valid, they're beautiful, I mean, I do them, right? But to pull that out and say that's shamanism, this little handful, this little cluster of shamanic healing forms of shamanism is just like pulling the active ingredient out of a plant hallucinogen and saying, you know, taking this pharmaceutical is the same experience of being in the environment this plant came out of with shamans who know how to work with it and the whole ritual and ceremony that the plant has guided us in. They're not the same experience. They're not, they're both powerful experiences, but they're not the same. And so, shamanism isn't just shamanic healing forms it's it's this potential for us to be well and powerful in all four of our wisdom bodies and to allow those four wisdom bodies inside of ourselves to work together to enhance each other to balance each other to help each other pull out of deficiencies and excesses and to really bring us as a human into our full capacity Okay, so I promised some sort of case studies and I'm already, you know, way up on this soapbox and I need to get off and tell you some stories. Okay, so I'm going to tell the first story. So these are all kind of compilations of different clients and I've picked clients um, who who are theme, thematic, basically, people that I see a lot of people like this, essentially. So I'm not really talking about any one person. So don't panic if you think I'm talking about you because I'm just, you're just part of the kind of themes that we see today. So 
so there's um, a client who has um, been kind of in my sphere here in Portland, local person who's been in Portland for many, many years. So this is someone that I've watched for many, many years. And I've watched the person um, very, very interested in shamanism, um, traveling to different places to work with different shamans, doing all the usual stuff, all the usual suspects, connecting in with different practitioners here in town, um, uh, researching things on the internet, you know, the whole deal, the whole deal, accessing all the resources available around, right, and not changing. Now, there are, there are incremental changes and internal changes that are, um, I'm still doing pattern A, but now I'm doing it with a blue shirt on instead of a red shirt, right? And so it's that sense of the mind fooling ourselves into thinking we're, at, we're doing something different when really we're just doing the same pattern in a new way. And the mind, that is the mind's favorite trick. When the mind's running the show and wants to continue to run the show, that is its favorite trick. Getting you running around to all these different things, all these different practitioners, all these different modalities, all these different practices, all this different information on the internet, all of this constant work without ever allowing you the capacity to step back far enough to recognize same pattern, new shirt, you know, same pattern, new way of dealing with it and not seeing that for all the effort that you're putting into life, nothing is really changing in in, in a fundamental way. So one of the, um, so these are some of the mental things that are going on that are hallmarks of this is kind of the mental wisdom body run amok in charge of everything out of balance, not, not effectively shutting down the information from the heart, effectively shutting down um, the wisdom from the body and effectively shutting down the connection to spirit. Now, to be clear, this kind of person in, or a person in this kind of situation is still able to journey and can often journey exceedingly well for other people and about other things. Where the um, information with the wisdom bodies breaks down is when they start trying to journey about themselves and trying to journey about their own transformation. And when they begin to get into a true a true path of investigation that's going to lead them to real information that's going to allow them to change the dynamic within themselves the mind tends to shut those journeys down make them confusing make them unclear maybe the journey happens but make the person um, insecure about their interpretation maybe they're they're secure in the moment about their interpretation but over the next few days the mind steps in with doubts and that couldn't really happen and what are you thinking and are you crazy and and tears it apart so so this is um kind of the hallmark of the mental wisdom body in charge of every the boss of everything and run amok now these are the things to look for. If you think I'm talking about you, <laughs> these are the things to look for in your own behavior and start to notice. Are you making an excuse for everything? And now it seems like a logical excuse and your mind is really happy with the argument. But someone, especially someone that you trust, says, well, you know, it seems to me that the last eight times we've gotten together, your journeys have said that you, you know, you need a um, energy practice. 
and you said, well, yes, but. You know, yeah, I, but I tried this and it didn't work. And, you know, they, those energy practices, they just don't work. Um, you know, that, that, that there's some sort of yes, but, some sort of argument and that you're not actually listening to trusted people to learn, but you're listening to argue, to defend your position. And, and of course, the, the, you know, the, the foolishness in that is that you already know your position doesn't work. <laughs> so why are you arguing for it? But anyway, so one is arguing for your position. Um, and, and so one of the first ways, if you think, oh my God, this is me, she's talking about me. The first thing to do is to remember, argue for your limitations and they are yours, right? Stop making excuses. 100% stop making excuses and then see what happens. See, see what your life presents. So the whole, the whole point of being able to, um, deal with on a mental wisdom body run amok is you have to stop the train. So pick one thing that you can actually notice and ride it, right? So if what you can notice is that you are always making excuses, catch yourself, stop every single excuse, 100%. There are no valid excuses. And you have to pick something and stick to it, black and white, 100%, because you're dealing with the mind. Okay, so another thing would be, this is a little harder to see, but what I notice with people that are in this predicament, having been there myself in my younger years, is that they are the exception to all the rules. They don't really see that, you know, but that's the final excuse is, well, yes, but for me, it's just this way. It's like, no, it's not. You just haven't, you know, done this practice long enough or you haven't you know something hasn't happened but no you're not different the rules are not different just for you meaning the rules for humans on the planet you know the energetic rules the rules that come from the true energies that are behind the scenes that the rules that are why qigong works the rules that are the reason yoga works the rules that are the reason meditation works, the rules that are the reason shamanic journeying works, like those rules. Nobody is got to opt out for those rules. If you're human, they apply to you. So stop pretending you're different somehow because the mind loves to create that argument. The other thing about it is you need to recognize you're not your mind. And that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to get a crowbar in there and pry apart your sense of yourself from your experience in your mind. There isn't a person on this planet who is their mind. We are all more than our mind. But there are many minds that are 100% running the show for people. And so the important thing is you're going to need to be able to use your mind for choosing. And you're going to need to make new choices. Part of it is understanding the logic. The, this old set of patterning around choices adds up to this life and this life is the same pattern over and over and over again. Therefore, I will have to make qualitatively new choices. So you're going to need to make a new choice like I will now spend 30 minutes pr- after grounding and warming up, 30 minutes doing this particular Qigong practice that an advanced practitioner has helped me to understand is the correct kind of practice for me versus one that's going to scatter me because mental people tend to choose 
disciplines that keep them scattered because they're comfortable scattered, right? So I've, I've gone to an expert who can help me understand this practice will help to ground me and cultivate my center channel and my presence in my body and out of my head. Okay, I am now committed to practicing this every day for a year. I'm not going to argue with that. And then the, after you make that kind of choice, then you're, you have to use your mind to control your old patterns and choose not to go into them and to create the discipline to create new patterns. Because the point of being stuck in the mental wisdom body is you only have developed mental skills. And so you have to use them to actually break the tyranny of the mind to get access to the other aspects of um, the wisdom bodies of you as a person. And so one of the things you have to do if you think, oh my God, she's talking about me, is you must become suspicious of the thinking that is familiar and comfortable. You must become always suspicious of the thinking. And I don't mean doubting and disparaging and damaging. I mean suspicious which leads to clever thinking and curiosity and creativity. You need to be suspicious of that thinking that is too familiar and too comfortable. And so the remedy that this kind of person tends to get over and over and over again, they just don't choose to do it, is, as I've already said here, is to choosing a practice, some sort of physical discipline that is not mental, not just meditation, but is an actual physical discipline, more in the realm of yoga, qigong, tai chi kind of thing, that moves your awareness into your body and out of your mind and, um, and, and into the earth. That is a, an actual, it involves within it an actual grounding practice. And for some people, um, it can also just be walking assuming you get to go walk out in nature and you're not on your phone while you're walking. You're not listening to music while you're walking. You're not listening to meditations while you're walking. You are actually engaging with the natural world while you are walking. You are opening up to a world that exists outside of your mind. Okay. So another thing is um, this: the type of person who tends to scatter mentally. This doesn't mean you're effective mentally. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But the point is you're scattered mentally is um, grounding practices. And the truth of the matter is this is the mind's most common rationale for why to stop your grounding practice. Well, I don't feel it. It's not working. Well, of course you don't feel it. You don't feel anything. You're stuck in your head. So, so just do the practice and keep doing the practice and keep doing the practice because the humans before you have have centuries and centuries of humans before you have shown that this is what it takes. And so shut up and do it. And this is what I mean by the rules apply to you too, right? Just do it, but just make sure the practice you're doing is actually a grounding practice. Um, another thing for the, for the type of person who's trapped in their head is use some device you have, and you have many, right? Set the alarm for whatever frequency you want. And when the alarm goes off, ask yourself. So if you want to start to open up to your emotional body, ask yourself in that moment, the alarm goes off, turn the alarm off and ask, how am I feeling? And, and stop whatever you're doing and endeavor to tune in to your emotional body and just ask, how am I feeling? It's, it's just that. And then get on with the rest of your day learn to feel and then learn to name your feelings 
another question if what you really feel you want to access is your physical body it when the alarm goes off then the question is where am i where is your consciousness most of the time for most of us it is not in our body at all and so to find where your consciousness is and to draw it into your body into your head into your heart into your belly ground it back into the earth if what you want to access is the spirit body, a question, I mean, there are many questions for this, but a simple question for the spirit body would be when the alarm goes off to ask who is with me. In other words, who in the spirit world is with me in this moment and to sense who is with you. Okay. So the point is begin, make a choice, control the old patterns, stick with the discipline to cultivate awareness in a new wisdom body. Okay. So um, the other thing to remember, just as a, as a piece of information, is it takes a year to change all the cells in your brain. So many of the practices spirit tells people who are stuck in their head to do, they say do it for a year and a day. Do it for a year and a day. Don't argue. You're not special. You're not different. Right? Just do it for a year and a day. And then the point is that ultimately in this situation, the type of person who's really in the tyranny of the mental wisdom body um, needs to discover for themselves an awareness that is separate from their thinking mind, that it's thinking its way through the day, that, that your ability to begin to become a whole person really begins when you start to become aware of yourself as a thinking being apart from who you are in your mind. And I know for people that are trapped in their mind, they can't really imagine that. But it's one of the most important things that you see when you talk to people that are more holistic people is that they have an awareness of who they are as a being that is then coordinating the mental and the emotional and the spiritual and the physical wisdoms that are coming in. Um, but they are not their mind. And that's important. That's what, what you're wanting to get to is a place where you are no longer the captive of your mind. So if we move on then, um, let's move on to the physical wisdom body. Because I want to share a story of a client that um, really amazed me. Because at the point in which she was able to turn her life around and really allow herself to access the wisdom of her physical body to guide her, to restore herself to health and well-being, she was in her 70s. And most people think, you know, it's all downhill from 40. <laughs> and I guess maybe maybe 60 is the new 40 or something. I don't know. But basically, most people don't think you have the capacity to make profound changes in your physical health and well-being um, when you're older like that. So this was um, an older woman who, um, as happens to many um, people, ended up unexpectedly getting a divorce, having three small children at that time, needing to go suddenly from being a stay-at-home mother to um, a professional person who was largely responsible by herself for raising these three small children um, into um, healthy and happy adults. And uh, in that process, and particularly because of the time and um, that she was not particularly um, 
non-ordinary at the time. Um, she was prescribed various pharmaceuticals for depression. Uh, gee, why was she depressed? You know, <laughs> but depression and various and sundry other things. So by the time she came into shamanism, largely through her fear of what would happen if she began to feel her feelings, but also through the the regime of pharmaceuticals she was taking, it would be fair to say that she was her emotions were unavailable to her. So even though she might want to connect into her emotional wisdom body and remembered being connected to it as a young mother with children, that now at this later time in her life, um, as lovely as her life was, that she was really pretty emotionally flat and shut down. And the thing that was really tipping the scales, while she might have been able to live with that, what was really tipping the scales is her health. She she had was um, experiencing so much pain, which was being diagnosed as arthritis, but most people don't understand that arthritis isn't really a diagnosis. It's just saying your body's inflamed. Um, so... <laughs> She was in so much pain, she couldn't get up and down the stairs in her beautiful home. She could not do the hobbies that she loved to do. She was a very creative um, woman with, you know, fabric, you know, knitting, sewing, quilting, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Loved making things, loved gardening. And then the icing on the cake was perhaps the birth of the grandchild. And now she wants to be able to do things with the grandchild and she can't move because she is head to toe in pain. So she's also studying shamanism and wanting to understand why certain aspects of the shamanism isn't really working. And so we start exploring that question. And... um, these are this so her remedies basically from that place was to access was to was to figure out what do i need to do to access the wisdom inherent in my body in my physical the physical wisdom body to guide me to health to physical health because she was in excruciating pain but not in the near where anywhere near dying right so it's making life really hard and so in doing that, we discovered an underlying elemental imbalance, as in earth, air, fire, water. And working with um, a very particular kind of um, Chinese medicine practice, we were able to restore that deep ele- – to repair basically the deep elemental imbalance. And this was all following the cues of her body, right? So we restore the elemental imbalance, which which is not just – needles, plunking needles, but it's also about a mental reprogramming, this fundamental way of seeing the world that gets reprogrammed. So once that happened, she was able to begin to step down off her pharmaceuticals and regain, because that's the next step that the spirit said, is to regain her physical, the wisdom of her physical body to be health and healthy and well, she needed to be able to access her emotional body. And the reason she couldn't access her emotional body was her pharmaceuticals. So with the help of her physicians, she stepped down off all of her pharmaceuticals except for her painkillers. So then the next step was, how do I get off the painkillers? And so she was one of those people who had the kind of money to buy organic food um, and eat what she believed was a healthy diet. 
nonetheless her body was telling her you are inflamed head to toe to a point of excruciating pain which you need to take pharmaceuticals to shut down that pain so you can function in the day so obviously her body's trying to tell her something so even though she believed in her mind that her diet was good right she accepted that her body was telling her it is not good for me and uh, went through several different um, experiments and finally found that for her the paleo diet allowed her to get out of inflammatory pain and and as a as a side effect of that um, she also lost a great deal of weight and so consequently her body was able to heal out of this place of constant decades of chronic pain and as her body got out of the chronic pain then she was able to begin to discern a much more um, finely tuned level of emotions because, of course, the pain itself was overriding a lot of the emotional situation. So as her health got better, she got off the painkillers. She was able to pick up all of her hobbies again. She's able to run around and play with her grandchild. She's then able... To, with the help of spirit to begin to reinvestigate her emotional wisdom body it's kind of like learning to move in that terrain again and learning the names of things again after literally decades of being shut down and in doing that connecting with a, a new understanding of her childhood which of course goes back to some shamanic healing and some soul retrieval work about how her emotional experience of life have been invalidated every turn by not only her parents but her siblings and so she'd never really been allowed her emotional life and that shutting down and not supporting the development of the wisdom of her own emotional body had ultimately led to the shutting down of her physical body and so this is just another um, example of um working with the with the wisdoms now she, now what's important about this in terms of the wisdom bodies is she was pursuing access to the wisdom of her physical body to become healthy again because of all the pain and what she realized on that journey is that she was shut down from the wisdom of her physical body because of the dynamic going on between her mental body and her emotional body she was um, a child who came into the world with emotional gifts that were not only not cultivated and trained in how to live healthy in the world but were denied and um, she was taught to to discredit and not understand her emotions and it messed up her intuition but her mind she had a good mind and was capable of um, you know, high functioning in the world, but her mind kept circling back to get her to to connect with the um, emotional wisdom because it's like the mind knew our greatest asset, our greatest gifts and strengths are in the heart, are in this emotional life that's been shut down from the beginning. And but but the shutdown of these two had created such a crisis in her physical body that it was by pursuing the wisdom of the physical body that she was able then to open up 
the the wisdom of the emotional and the mental body and bring all of these bodies into balance. So I wanted to share, um, I might have time to share one more example, barely, but um, there's another typical client that shamanic practitioners get, which is someone who suffered years of incest in their family, either by a parent or a sibling or a family relative. But this particular story would be a person who suffered incest at the hands of their father. And the problem with that is, of course, part of the role of the father is to teach us about being protected in the world. So protection is is pretty powerfully undermined. Our sense that we are protected or how to protect ourselves is undermined. Then, of course, we can be overzealous about learning to protect ourselves. But for obvious reasons, given this story, this person is coming into shamanic teachings, not living in her body, super duper extra ordinary energetic physical protection behaviors language choices about how to live her life that are all about the ability to take care of herself and not depend on anyone else and protect herself and um, emotionally not shut down but just behind the blast doors totally protected and that and all of this is obvious why given her story but what's amazing about this particular type of person is that she came into the world with her strengths in her spirit body the strength of her soul to prevail and to do what it came here to do and so 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 here is this woman whose life story legitimately and effectively you know shuts down the the mental uh, wisdom body, the emotional wisdom body, and the physical wisdom body, they're all shut down. They're all focused entirely on survival, protection, the ability to absolutely take care of yourself and depend on no one. And it, that's completely understandable. And yet her spirit was so strong. The wisdom of her spirit is so strong, she would connect to a new teacher, trust that teacher, learn what that teacher had to teach her when she grew out of that teacher she would let that go in a good way. The same thing with healers. Find a healer that she needed. Find the one that she trusted. Work with that healer until they had nothing more to offer. And then to let that go. And just to, to with the ease of spirit, to, to find, to attract, to recognize, to trust and surrender, to learn, to be transformed by that learning, and to trust when something has run its course and to let it go. And then I am one of many people in this particular person's life, which is why I know this story. And part of what uh, this kind of person finds in my community is people willing to let you have your truth as long as it's your truth and to also then let you change it if it transforms because it's a community that's all around powerful transformation. And so people change. People change a lot of big things in life. And so it's allowing her to present, you know, strongly, this is my truth and accept that. And a year later, have an entirely different truth. And and finding a place then or a community which she can trust and engage in where she can continue to do this process of aligning, finding, le- surrendering, therefore learning, transforming, and then 
changing if necessary. And it's been an amazing process to watch. So the soul retrievals happen, that she finally has to come back into her body. This is an experience many people report after incest and physical abuse, how horrible it is to come back into their body with these soul parts that have been safely out wherever they've been. They come back in the body. They have to deal with all the pain and the suffering and the ick and the horror that's held in the body and how hard that is to do. And she, her capacity to hang in there and to trust that process because her spirit, it's like she leans into her spirit and her spirit says, it will be fine. You can survive this. You did already once. You can do it again. And her ability to just keep leaning in to the work, leaning back on her spirit body's wisdom and leaning back into the work. It is an honor and an awesome thing to watch. And so the important thing for her about having come into shamanic work is she finally found communities of people and teachers that would value her spirit gifts, her spirit wisdom, her spirit body's wisdom, and gave her skills necessary to access it so that it could support her and all of this other excruciatingly challenging work that she had to do to really gain full access to her mental wisdom body and her emotional wisdom body and her physical wisdom body. And um, as I said, it's an honor to watch someone who's been able to draw from her spirit wisdom to make this happen. So again, um, it is amazing to watch people begin to transform when they are given permission and the skills which we get through shamanism to access the gifts they brought into their lives in their other wisdom bodies and so I just want to give huge gratitude to the helping spirits that have taught me this because I did not learn this from people and I am grateful I'm grateful for the ancestors that gather around us the wisdom of the earth below and the sky above and the hearts that unite us all very quickly I am honor bound by agreements to say four things and I know we're out of time so one massive illusion the authentic self begins again June 7th through 12th it's happening in Washington this year you can register at lastmasscenter.org the energy clearing class that I talk about all the time on the show happening in Portland April 22nd 24th through 24th we have a couple spots remaining the year of ceremony with Sandra Ingerman and uh, 12 other teachers from all around different traditions around the world is an online monthly class offered by Sounds True. You can go to my website, to my homepage and register for that. Um, and then also there's an upcoming shamanic summit that is going to focus on the inner warrior. And I don't quite have the information, the link to that yet, but that is upcoming begins March 28th. So thank you everyone. Have a great week.